Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me, Marcella. How are you? Hey, Pam. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited about this. Thank you so much for being here. My goodness, it's such a privilege and an honor. I've heard a little bit about your story, and I'm like, oh, my God, she is so amazing. (laughs) And Chris, equally amazing. So you both together is like a whole bunch of amazingness. So kudos to you. That's so so sweet. sweet. (laughs) <laughs> super excited to have you here today Rizal. and honestly like I always start off with the most loaded question possible because it's like out of your story like I always want to know this right starting off what inspired you on your journey to where you are today because where you guys are right now is, is insane so what inspired that whole that whole growth we're gonna start by crying oh my goodness <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> so what inspired me to always continue to take take the challenges and make them an opportunity well first of all my biggest role model which is my mom and you know when growing up we didn't have a lot financially we we're very just very very uh, poor growing up and but the mindset that she had was always the mindset of achieving seeing yourself already as a success and that was my biggest role model and to me like that cheerleader by me, by my side, I couldn't let her down. And that's been my biggest inspiration always, even now she has passed. Even that, like, I, I will always ask what, like, I want to see her smile. I want to see her, like, hugging me and telling me how, you know, like, how proud she is of what I have become or done. And that's been my biggest and ongoing inspiration. And I know that her, through her capabilities, she probably didn't, I mean, she didn't have financially the means to impact others' lives, but she did it by her acts and by her attention, by her time. And that to me reminds me every day that I don't have to have richness or goods or it is all sometimes all it takes is to take the moment with that person that needs your time and your presence. Yes. Amen. I love that. I love that Marcella. And and growing up, it seems like she was a huge inspiration in your world. What did you want to be when you grew up? Like what was your dream? You know, uh, sadly enough, um, growing up, we didn't even really have role models as far as like, you know, career days in school. There's not such thing. I grew up in Mexico and that's just that, that sort of things that are, that are not prioritized. So growing up, I remember, I think it was like fourth or fifth grade teacher. And I just remember how kind she was with her words. She was so patient. And I just wanted to be like her. I just wanted to copy the way she used words. I remember a few words that it was the first time that she said it. And I was like, I want to be so eloquent speaking. You know, I'm still working on that. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> you know, like the giving and the uh, just being present with, the, with, with everybody. It doesn't matter if you were a good student or you were making your way there. She always chose to see the good on each of us. And I just wanted to do that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. 
And I mean, your life story has been super, super, super interesting. And I'm like so amazed by it because I look at where you are now, like this, you and Chris are building this real estate empire. You're continuing to expand it. You've already built it, which is incredible. And like, so before we get into all that beautifulness, walk me back towards like high school and like middle school and what kind of happened throughout that time and like what led you into your first career decision. Actually, like I said, I grew up in Mexico City. Going on making the decision after middle school to go to high school in Mexico is quite expensive. And and my mom was a single mother. So she she told me up front, I don't think you can go to school like that was middle school was going to be my highest grade. And so she found a solution for me, which was moving away from the family to the province where uh, uh, her sister could help me, you know, secure uh, some help through my grades and that was how I went to school high school and that was the biggest achievement of the family somebody that graduated high school through the good grades that I kept I was able to get some help not full scholarship but some help to go to college and that was my first degree business degree in Mexico so that was quite different and difficult because you know like my family was away I was 14 15 years old living in a completely different city just you know, try to stay focused. And so it was difficult to say the least, but not impossible. And completing that was one of my biggest achievements. I thought, wow, this is the, the this is the highest of the mountain. Like that, I didn't see anything but like the things that I accomplished. But looking back, when you're in that mindset of this is where I am and that you don't have comparison, you don't have other peers, other role, role models, uh, community that pushes you you just feel like you are there and then you become content and and that didn't happen to me I actually moved to Mexico I'm sorry moved to the states in 1998 I didn't speak the language and that was one of my goals and at that point it was my only goal I just wanted to learn English so I put myself to school I completed other degrees that put me in a position to earn a really good uh, salary in the states my primary job is anesthesia provider, so I have to learn not only the English language, but also medical terminology. And mm. uh, But that, that was another journey that I was so appreciative. And again, you get to the next mountain and you're like, wow, I am earning $250,000 a year on entry level uh, in 2010. Like that is, that to me was like, I am awesome. Like I'm fixed. I'm right here. You know, but then again, you compare, you know, you, you set your goals and you compare to others in a good way. You know, comparing is a human condition that we all suffer and, and get to enjoy. The point that I wanted to make is not to, you know, I, I tend to share, maybe overshare some of the financial because I feel that there's a lot of uh, uh, layers that keeps us from being transparent in that area. And I have no problem sharing numbers. So if anyone wants to know more about numbers, I'll be happy to to uh, share it. However, what I wanted to share here is that I have put myself in a position where I was able to earn while I was working. And then when I realized that that was a, uh, it was going to tie me to a position or to a location, I started exploring other areas where other options where I could earn uh, what's now I know passive income with putting your money to work in a way that you can still make money when you were not at work you know so those are the the, those kind of like the summary of where I found myself and then I started studying the real estate investing and techniques on how to utilize that that uh, vehicle to build wealth but 
back to building that path or walking that path, there was a lot of difficulty that I, again, didn't, I didn't really have the time to sit down and, and overthink it. I, I was on a survival mode, uh, you know, degree after degree, I was on the books. I kind of skipped all the civilization and the, uh, and the acclamation to the culture. So sometimes people ask me like, hey, have you seen this movie? And I'm like, mm-mm. So like, and then I lost my connection to Mexican culture in a way that, you know, the new, the newest things that are going on. And I just don't keep the pulse on what's going on. But that's mainly because I decided to stay laser focused on building, pretty much reinventing myself in a new uh, nation here in the States, in a new job as I took over the new next position and the next position and next position. It was almost that I was continuously having to reinvent myself and and just prove that I that I could perform at that level yeah that's kind of the summary of the trajectory that's so cool and I mean how did you get into anesthesiology I mean like that's a that's a super interesting and very specific field (laughs) right and again it goes back to what I wanted to do was to achieve the highest degree at whatever if I was going to be working at hospitals, I mean, at, at restaurants, I probably end up owning one or a, a franchise. Like that was my, I just want to go to the highest level. And I'm sure at least in that career, that's that's the highest level, which I kind of put aside. And uh, and now in the real estate and business coaching that we do now, you know, that's our goal. We can get to the highest and the more elite so that we can provide the best service and empower more people. Um, but that's kind of an, an ongoing mission for us. That's incredible. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. And I mean, past that point, like, so you got this job and basically you're earning at your highest level. And then what happened from there? Well, I built a portfolio again. I, I started investing in, in a duplex actually when I first moved into my first duplex. And then when I deployed, I took the time to study real estate investing to build wealth. And when I came back after earning my 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 uh, income and outside of the states, which was non-taxed, I saw the power of taxations and how that could potentiate. Uh, if I could, if I can, you know, decrease that tax uh, burden, could I take that money and invest it and reinvest it? And that's that's pretty much what I end up doing: educating myself and build a portfolio, uh, twelve apartments. And then I met Chris and he kind of bought into the same craziness and the same idea and he didn't run away. So we ended up marrying not only our lives, but also our businesses. And then we continued to grow our portfolio uh, to 35 doors. And then 2020 happened, COVID hit. And that was a, another time for us to reinvent ourselves now together and with a different business plan, we decided to sell or a small multifamily portfolio, strategically transition into multifamily. And that's pretty much how we found ourselves where we are now. Uh, Since we also started other businesses and we have been able to, again, impact many more people that, you know, put their trust in us. And that's a win for, for us. Like this is what we live and breathe for helping others and, you know, get them, get them to a position where they can have the control of their, time and you know have some security in mind that they can build wealth uh, or passive income for themselves and their families Um, and that's what we do every day now that's amazing that's amazing well because you have this career and it's super interesting to me so many people like you know they'll work 
you know, a traditional job and that's totally cool, but they're super interested in wanting to invest in real estate. And it's like, you know, what were some of the steps that you took in the beginning? Cause you kind of did this on your own to really establish that. What was, what were a couple of tips that really helped you? And I know there's a lot of people listening that are interested in doing the same thing. So if you just shed some light on that, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. So I'll tell you what I did and I will tell you what I, I should not done and I, I could have done instead. So I did it all by myself for like uh, before meeting Chris was at least six or eight years that I did it all by myself. So all the liability, all the writing the leases, every day operation wise, uh, it was me. I was still working a full-time job, crazy hours. And uh, that was very taxing and time uh, as well as week. I couldn't scale. It was just my money saving up for another down payment for another house, my money again, you know, like that was no help and no, no pretty much voice outside of me other than, you know, even for business decisions, I, I, I should have hired somebody that could mentor me and hold my hand. And I probably would have gone much faster and scale the business to a higher, you know, value or, or number of doors. So I did it by myself. Don't do that. So, and I also put all of the houses on my name. That's just because most people, when you buy a second house, the bank is not going to lend you to a, an LLC, even if you create an LLC. So that represented liability on my name. So don't do that. <laughs> So there's ways that you can do uh, buy properties on, on LLCs. But the third one and the last one, I will say, I was thinking too small. I thought, well, if I buy a house every year, uh, that's a comfortable level for me. If I do that 20 times, I do I have 20 houses. And I started at 30, I was like 36 maybe. So like I'm a little behind, but I think if I can implement this plan, I can retire. And my idea was to substitute uh, income from the rentals instead of my my earned income from the hospital. And I figure if I'm clearing 400 in a house, multiply that times 20. And, you know, when I'm old, I don't need that much money. It's just me, blah, blah, blah. I justify my way of thinking too small. So when I went and joined, when we joined um, mentorships and masterminds and communities that help you not only think bigger, but also execute bigger. I should have been in those rooms way, way earlier instead of buying all of that with my own money. Right. And that's the syndication route as well, which is yeah. always super, super interesting to me. That's fascinating. So then you, you met Chris and you guys kind of teamed up together and essentially you had your unit, he had his, and then pretty much like scaled it up. And now you're in syndication, which for those of so for those listening who've heard the word, but don't really know what it means, how would you define it? Yeah, that's the easiest way to think of a group of people that brings their capital together and buy larger complexes, larger assets. So there's an, in one syndication, there's a group that is considered the active, the general partners or the active portion, which are usually about, you know, three to five, five partners. And then the rest of them are passive investors. So you can effectively be a partner on a hundred or 200 unit apartment complex with like most of the offerings are 50 to a hundred thousand dollars minimum investment and have all the liabilities shifted to the partners, the general partnership. So you get to rip the benefits of the, um, the taxes, your cash flow, your appreciate, your appreciation of the assets and everything is managed with third party vendors or professional vendors that are vetted by the lender. Because the lender is the biggest partner of this partnership. The, if, we're gonna, if we're talking about buying a $10 million asset, 
we are going to probably raise $3 million and $7 million is going to come from the bank. So the bank is heavily invested in what decisions we make as far as, hey, we want this property to be well taken care of. We have all the legalities in place. So as a passive investor, when you invest in a, in a partnership, you're shifting all of that work and all the liability to the general partnership. And the general partnerships, which we are part of the general partnerships, we have systems in place. We have coaches. We have a community where we are at every step of the game. We have the support. So it's a win-win situation. You leverage the experience and the resources to buy larger complexes that are going to increase your network exponentially instead of one house at a time like I was doing. Oh my God, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for explaining that. Syndication, everyone's like, what's that? How does that work? You know, and it's like, the, there's limited partners and there's general partners and that kind of thing. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I love how you've taken and built your portfolio, you know, just like doing your regular job and then you did this on the side and then built this up and it's like the coolest thing ever. And I mean, now you guys are getting into business coaching and all of that. So now- after your syndication, walk me through kind of what happened next is now you guys are coaching in business. Yeah, we actually have helped us of this year, 12 uh, first time syndicators to get their first deal. So they some of them are medical providers that they have no experience with the multifamily and we coach them step by step to become uh, general partners. And we also coach business owners. And again, our idea is if you can, if you can, one, buy your time back, so in, in put place, systems in place so that you can step away from your job uh, and then make it scale, make it more profitable. Then you will have the residual income or the passive, no, the, the extra income to then put it to, to invest. So it's a, a whole ecosystem that we are creating where if I help you increase your revenue, then you now have enough money. I'm also educating you on how to invest passively or actively. And then all of a sudden you have these other sources of income that eventually the goal is to have your passive income be higher than your earned income. And you know, if you want to continue working or keep your business, that's, that's awesome, but you don't have to. And when it's a choice, it's much more enjoyable. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I love that. Right. So I just love where you guys have taken it. And now you're pretty much giving back to these students who are now starting on their own and building their own syndications and all of that, which is incredible. And throughout your journey, what would you say have been some of the biggest obstacles and how did you overcome them? Like this could be life, personal, business, whatever it may be. That's a question that sometimes it gets a little personal and I'm okay with going there because so, and this is, I believe anyone that is in the, in the path of, or, or the journey of success, you are going to, you, you, you're going to have to let go of some things to be able to grab other things. And what I mean by that is that sometimes, uh, it, you know, it can be a habit, it can be a hobby, it can be a relationship, another business. So you have to continuously be looking at what is it that doesn't fit your new you. And again, it can be relationships. And I think one of the biggest obstacles or, or I guess difficult for me was that I was growing out and I don't want to sound mean and this might sound mean, but I was growing. Yeah, my, my own family, like they, you know, even graduating with a doctorate degree, they just said, oh, yeah, yeah, you, you're, you work at the hospital, right? Like brush it off. And you're like, wow, that it's sensitive because you, I mean, like I mentioned, my, my, my mom was my biggest, like I want her to be proud and she always was, but you know, that the extended family probably didn't have that knowledge and how hard it is to even 
be a homeowner in the States or have a car, have a steady job, you know, and they just kind of like, oh yeah, you have a job, right? You know, like, so it would be nice that that if that if they have not not only like just the understanding. So I how do I overcame that? It was educating them, showing photos, showing them, hey kid, I was I was here, I deployed to Africa. Like look at this, you you know, and the, the kids get it, and that was a reconnecting moment. I want them to have the memory with me, but you know, life is busy and you know, people grow up and, you know, the same thing that I'm growing and they're growing. So sometimes we grow apart. So that's been an ongoing challenge to keep the connection alive with the families and friends that I made when I was, you know, in the school. And, I, you know, they were great friends, but sometimes you are going to grow out of those those relationships. So you just have to, you know, be, in my case, I, I have to be selective on who and I wanted to keep an, around me and, you know, I'm sure they did the selection as well. So maybe that's one of my biggest challenges. And since we moved, I moved a lot before. So it was like difficult to keep some of those, those relationships and alive pretty much to be meaningful. But Right. No, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for sharing that, Marisela. I mean, I just, I love hearing your life journey and, you know, your career success and all of that. Like it's, and it's incredible the work that you guys are doing now and you're so passionate about it. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. And, and this one kind of falls in line similarly to, to what you just mentioned, but it's one of my favorite questions, which is what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? I will say never give up. There's, there's sometimes, and I know there was sometimes where I was like, oh, I don't know if this is where I supposed to be going. I should just enjoy what I have today. And, you know, like, don't give up. You have a bigger purpose and you are to impact many more people. But the first person that you need to impact uh, is yourself. So don't give up. I love that. I love that, Marcella. And like, what are you guys up to now? Like what's up in the next few months for you and Chris? What are you working on? Well, we are continuously under uh, underwriting deals, looking for uh, for properties to acquire, always building the connections with potential partners. So if anyone out there wants to partner up and, and go get some deals and invest together, that's what we are all for. And, and always looking for the opportunities to give back. So uh, we... Sh- we have some medical missions that are coming up and we we have some meetups. We do ongoing meetups and educational opportunities for people that just want to get informed. So looking for, for those kind of opportunities. I love that, Marcella. I love that. And one more question, because I know you've got something great here to offer. So when it comes to anyone who's interested in investing in real estate and is super interested in it, what would be your best piece of advice? And like, what's the best piece of business advice or a tip or a strategy that you would suggest to anyone, whether it's an entrepreneur or anyone looking to invest in real estate, what would you say to them? Yeah. So if I have to say one thing, I will say balance. And when I mean by balance is uh, knowledge balance. So you, you want to understand enough. You want to get to know the sponsors who is offering you the opportunity to invest you want to do your due diligence and understand as much as possible however the market changes the the, the different properties change the business plan change for every property and some people i've seen that they overanalyze and they fail to make the decision i have i have a good friend that saw me build my portfolio for 12 years and it wasn't until two years ago almost two years ago that she decided to tr- pull the trigger and that was because overthinking it so yes do the study do the due diligence understand 
the basics, but then don't delay because you have to understand everything. You don't have to understand everything. Henry Ford said it best. If, you know, I don't need to clutter my head with knowledge that I don't even know how to interpret, but I have access to the experts that can explain and be resource, be at the resource for me. So don't don't overanalyze it. Pull the trigger. Start today. This is the best day for you to start. Love that word, Stella. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's so exciting. And I mean, for anybody that they get stuck in analysis paralysis very often. You know, so it's very, very difficult and tricky and challenging sometimes, you know, because I mean, real estate is a risk. Let's face it, real estate's an absolute risk. So it's definitely scary. But when you're surrounded by the right people who will help you and you can say, hey, does this look like a good deal to you? They can always run it by, you know, and just you can have so much support. But being in those rooms, like you said earlier, those masterminds, those coaching groups, you know, with the experts that know what they're doing they can really help guide you. So then that way, whenever you're making a decision, you're not feeling like, oh, this is an uneducated decision or this is super risky. If you have the right people around you, they'll always make you feel like, hey, you're doing the right thing. Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that because we often have people that brings deals that they are being presented with and we have no problem telling them, hey, this is, this is a good deal. It, it really is. You know, I don't have money, any money to invest, but it's a good deal. And if it's not, we also tell them that this is the reasons why we think that it's too aggressive on the writing, too optimistic of the results. And this is the, the reasons why I wouldn't go into this deal. Again, it's not me telling you what to do, but it's me telling you what would I do if I was in front of this decision. Um, and we do that for many people. Uh, you know, if it's anyone wants to just present with a deal again, it doesn't mean that we're going to invest or we're gonna give you the, the definitive, this is what you should do. But definitely, again, we are trying to provide things that we didn't have. I, I didn't have anyone to tell me, hey, if you wanna buy a house, let me underwrite it for you, or let me highlight some things that might be a, a, not, not the best and the optimal. So we're trying to provide that for, for the people that, that is willing to reach out. That is wonderful. That is absolutely wonderful. Oh my goodness. Marcella, you are amazing. You are absolutely amazing. I can't wait to see the things that you guys will continue to build and the people that you're going to continue to help and just really everything. Uh, and like the medical missions that you have coming up, Chris is telling me about those to do some incredible work around the world too. Just like, God bless you both, that you really are doing some incredible work, helping people reach financial freedom and then also missionary work that's really changing the world, which is incredible. And of course, building a portfolio and wealth and all of that stuff, but for yourselves and then for everybody who's in there with you, which is beautiful. So just want to thank you. Thank you for that. And so now where can everybody find you and your awesomeness? Well, you're so sweet. Thank you. You can find me on social media and Facebook, uh, Maricela Sobranes and uh, Instagram, the immigrant millionaire is my handler, but I can share that with you. I love that. The immigrant millionaire. Yes. I love it. Girl power. You go, girl. I love it. Marcella, thank you so, so, so much for being here today, for sharing your story, your expertise, all the amazing work that you're up to and the tips and strategies and everything. Thank you so, so much. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat sending you so so much love all we know is over time working like some underdogs underdogs